Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I wanted to go back and just really study it, create cut-ups, kind of build up some volume that I could pull from as we go forward. I um, regret that I hadn't done it earlier in my career, but I, I did you know, get the, the film set up at my house to basically have access to all of that. Uh, so that all off-season, even if I'm not in the facility, I would have access to tape and... Um, I do think it's been a really valuable resource to have, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't do it sooner in my career. There he is, the man. You like that? You like that? The myth, the legend. Kirk Cousins. (laughs) We're two weeks away from Vikings training camp here, boys. Is your chili hot? Mm. Are you hungry or are you starving? I'm hungry. I refuse to to respond to this line of questioning (laughs) from Tim Brewster. (laughs) If you guys ever get a chance, go look up Tim Brewster, Chili Hot. There's like yes. a six-minute feature of it's him on great. YouTube just literally spewing lines like that. I've watched and it. And he's like breaking it down. Are you hungry or are you starving? Think about it. Good Lord. Yeah, because if you're, not, if you're hungry, that's one thing. But if you're starving. You know what he had? He had a bit of Dan Campbell to him. Oh, he that that's a bit of I'm I'm gonna say he was a poor man's Dan Campbell because I think we're gonna see things from Dan that will um knock wait. our socks off. Yeah, but I would say I think like he had some Dan Campbell to him. I think Tim Brewster would stop short of stabbing you. I don't think Dan Campbell would. Football, that's what, yeah. Football, yeah, football, football, yeah. Football, I think Dan Campbell would end you. This is this is Purple Daily with Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Speaking of guys who stab you. Yeah. <laughs> and our executive producer, Declan Goff. And Purple Daily is presented, as always, by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. And so um, we we don't often do like a part two immediate follow up to an episode. You know, we're artists. OK, we you know, once we put the art out, we're on to the next painting of Purple Daily every day. Uh, but we felt like yesterday's episode, it was a deep dive into whether or not Kirk Cousins was uh, or is a garbage time quarterback, and and we'll summarize it in a second. But we felt like with the reaction that we saw on social media and on the Purple Daily YouTube comment section and the fact that we were all fairly in line, like we disagreed on some stuff, but we were fairly in line. There's a lot of dissenting opinions. We wanted to shine a light on some of the disagreement and, and, and create a discussion here because we love the community that you guys have helped us create on Purple Daily, and so um, we're gonna we're gonna do a bonus. Mackie and Judd and Declan read your YouTube comment sections off of our episode yesterday. If you guys are down for it, if you've got your armored vests on, already, boys and girls, yep. 
Judd, are you wearing a bulletproof vest? Just want to make sure that. Um, no, but it's right here. So <laughs> I'll just reach down to my room here and put on my bulletproof <laughs> okay. vest. So the summary was, um, you know, I, I did a bunch of statistical diving and brought it to the show. And then we and then we discussed from that perspective. And uh, it's not it's not entirely accurate for people who have said Kirk Cousins is a garbage time quarterback in his career. And that's how he racks up all of his stats. There was a big article on one of the national football publications that Kirk Cousins is the king of garbage time, right? That's not accurate. The accurate statement statistically is that Kirk Cousins is really bad in fourth quarter comeback situations, which make up about 10 to 12% of his career throws like late fourth, six minutes or less. You're down by a one or two scores and your team needs you now. Like whatever happened in the game leading up to that point, you are paid to help turn this thing around right now. And he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL statistically throughout the duration of his career, the last 10 years um, in those, in the, like, like his passer rating in those situations is worse than Mike Glennon, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Rosen, Trevor Simeon, uh, Andy Dalton, Josh Freeman, even Christian Ponder in all other situations. So take away the late fourth quarter. Hey, we need you right now. It's urgent. Need to tie the game. Need to go ahead. If you take away those scenarios, he has a 100.6 passer rating, which ranks fifth all time, which is nuts. Um, mm-hmm. And so let's dive into the comments here. Some of these are <laughs> – I'm just going to read some of these. And then there's some actual questions with some substance. But uh, <laughs> but Emma Garland says, you guys are alcoholic burrito-eating losers. Well, the losers part Which might mean. be true. Yeah. Yeah, the loser part, okay, that's a, that's a no, step too that. far. No, I can, no, I can see the whole thing. I mean, um, a good burrito oh, with a beer. Oh, I'm not, Emma. I'm not going to turn that down. Dude, yeah, I don't want to be near you if you eat a burrito and drink a beer in the same. Oh, and you know what? You wouldn't be. Man. You wouldn't be because <laughs> I wouldn't invite you to my house because I don't really want friends around. Uh, Jason Davis says maybe you guys should just look for a different team instead of constantly crying about cousins. You guys would blame your divorce on cousins. Go to Chicago or go be Bears or Packers fans. I sort of like that one because the divorce cliche is what irreconcilable differences, right? Like that's the one everyone uses. We have that. We have, we can't make it work. What if on your form, it said reason for divorce other, you put Kirk cousins. <laughs> what do you mean by that, sir? Kirk cousins. Kirk He's cousins. just not clutch late in games. I'm yeah. sorry. What does that have to do with your marriage? marriage? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, John Galt says, you guys know less about football than I know about ballet, which is nothing. But now we get to an actual question here. This is from uh, Hidden Magnum. Not even a Kirk stand, but the Titans game. So Judd brought up the Titans game as an example of, hey, you had the ball. It's late, right? Now the Vikings defense blew a two-touchdown lead in that game. Yeah. And so Hidden Magnum says, not even a Kirk stand, but the Titans game was Kirk's fault? That's a terrible take. The offense was cooking on the ground and throughout the air. The offensive line played... On the final drive, like turnstiles, even Pat Mahomes couldn't score a touchdown under those circumstances. Uh, but Kirk is trash because he couldn't do it. Judd. Okay. Number one, go back and watch that drive and look how lost that team looks offensively. In again, I will say this not having to score a touchdown, they had to get in field goal range, okay? This is where you need your quarterback to overcome a lot of, of the problems. In fact, this game is the poster child for what we're talking about, which is 
Can you tell your QB, hey, buddy, sorry, this is really going to be tough. you got skill position, guys. Your offensive line, though, is breaking down a bit. We need you to get us in field goal range. So not matriculate down the entire field. And Kirk couldn't do it. I never said I was blaming the entire loss on Kirk. I mean, the Vikings defense was awful last year. What I'm doing is I'm picking apart, as they say in football, I'm taking the cut-ups and I'm showing you instances of the exact example I'm talking about. That drive, that potential drive against the Titans is where everything is going wrong. And you say to your quarterback, you're one of the highest paid players in the league. Can you overcome what are really bad circumstances? Because they were. Can you overcome those things to get us into field goal range where we might miss the field goal, but at least we'll have a chance to kick it? That's my point. I'm not saying, like, if you're talking about the totality of the entire game, that's not the point here. The point is individual drives and that drive alone to me stands out as a Kirk drive where things again weren't perfect but you know what a lot of times the offensive line is going to have some problems there's a lot of questionable offensive lines in this league and that is an encapsulation of the fact that you actually if I'm not mistaken went backwards not forwards that I'm sorry your quarterback plays a role in that you can't just absolve him the Titans game is is such a great sort of microcosm. To, it, it's a it's a great test case to just dissect and yeah. parse out all of the things that went wrong for the Vikings in 2021. Now the Titans are a good team, and so you could look at that game a number of different ways. You could look at it from one perspective and say, well, the defense was gifted a 24 to 12 lead halfway through the third quarter. You're playing at home. Yeah. Now there was no there was no fans, but like. Right. You know, yeah, you're up by two touchdowns halfway through the third quarter. Offense has scored 24 points. All right. Defense, don't blow that game. Mm-hmm. And I can get behind that. Don't blow that game. All right. Now, the Titans are good. Ryan Tannehill is probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's also been a really good late game quarterback throughout the last couple of years and throughout even his tenure with the Dolphins at times. Uh, but things happen. It's the NFL. Whether your defense is amazing or terrible, there's going to be back and forth. Like it's you, you can't just say, "Well, the offense had a 17-3 lead in the first half. Shut it down. You know, don't allow any more points." Right? Like, yes, there's going to be swings in football games, and so let's let's go to the end of the game now. Okay, so you've got however it played out, you've got two teams. The Titans are very good, and and you're and you're late in the fourth quarter, and the Titans have kicked a field goal to go up thirty-one to thirty. And that's the way the game has played out. That's the way a lot of games play out, where there's one team takes a 10-point lead and the other team comes back. And, like, whatever happened to bring you to the last minute and 44 seconds, here is the ball. I don't care if you've already had a fourth quarter comeback early in the fourth. Here is the ball. Here are a minute and 44 seconds. And you need to go 40 yards for a field goal or whatever it is, right? Like, that scenario presents itself multiple times per season for every quarterback in the NFL. Right. And the fact is, in Kirk Cousins' career, he performs more poorly by a long shot, statistically, in those exact situations than the quarterbacks that are paid on the same level as he is. And that's where the criticism comes in. Now, if you want to go even further and say, well, offensive line, I will listen to that argument all day in that game. Like, I remember remember Garrett Bradbury getting trucked off the line of scrimmage on that final drive a couple times. And I, I, I remember... Kirk having to run for his life and roll out and like it was a panicked two minute drive to say the least. Um, and so I think the question then becomes, all right, 
do you have to have a perfect offensive line? Do you have to have perfect offensive line play in those scenarios for you to convert? And if so, okay, how can the Vikings get a perfect offensive line and not have two rookies, for instance, potentially starting this year? It all goes back to the money that you're paying a quarterback. Sometimes you're paying a quarterback with a minute and 44 seconds left, even if the defense blew the lead twice in the third and fourth quarter. You're paying him to overcome the things that happened in the first two and a half hours of the football game and just deliver a victory, right? And so, yes, the offensive line was bad. Yes, the defense blew a lead. But also, yes, the quarterback in that game wasn't able to rise above adversity and get the team into field goal range for a chance to win. Like, all of those things can be true. It doesn't have to be, I hate when people say, blaming Kirk Cousins. It's not about blaming. It's about, here's the situation. All of these things have happened. How likely are you to help the team overcome the bad things that have happened? And statistically, the answer is not very likely in Kirk's career. And at some point in time, my question becomes, when you're being paid as much as Kirk is, why isn't the expectation for you to at least play a role in, if not completely, but play a role in overcoming the problems? Um, I feel like there's a, um, and this is not true of everybody, but I feel like that there are some people that are constantly looking for absolution for Kirk. Like, oh man, it's not that, that's not his fault. He can't be blamed for that. He did this. Um, that's not how the league works. And and so, look, if this is a young quarterback, if this is Kellen Mond in a couple of years, you know what? I'm going to provide him a little bit more leeway because of his contract than I will for Kirk. Uh, but yeah, the Titans game, that final drive to me was, and and it's a totality thing too. Like that's a, at some point too, your quarterback has to take control of a drive and say, boys, here's what we're going to do. Garrett, you're not very good, but we can overcome that by doing. No, seriously, Garrett, like, you're a disaster. Right yeah, now. Garrett, you suck. <laughs> you, but we're gonna be. Or, you, or you you're 120 not pounds. Protection. You can, <laughs> but you know, at some point, you have to have a plan for how you're going to get into field goal range. That's the thing that gets me. This was field goal range. This wasn't. You have to score a touchdown. This was field goal range, and the fact that it was a Keystone Cops drive doesn't help me. You know what? I would have if I was Kirk in that spot. What I would have told Garrett Bradbury, listen, buddy. So it's pretty obvious that you're just not an NFL player right now. So like, you're, you're going to need a new job. And luckily for you, Burnsville Heating and Air is hiring. They're looking to hire. And paying pretty well, I hear. They are. Like, they're giving up. This is legit. They're giving up to $2,000 sign-on bonuses, full-time jobs within 10 to 20 minutes of wherever you live. So you don't, don't worry. If you live far away from Burnsville, you don't have to drive to Burnsville if you don't want to drive to Burnsville. But they mm-hmm. offer full-time, year-round work with lots of overtime opportunities. Uh, all levels of of experience too. Whether you're an apprentice, whether you're a lead, a finisher, an equipment setter, Burnsville Heating and Air is looking to hire. Apply now at BurnsvilleHeating.com and click Careers. BurnsvilleHeating.com and click Careers. Uh, also, Dozier. Also, go to Dozier. It's also down in our comment section right here. You can click it. Perfect. So, Garrett Bradbury, when you're at TCO, you can just stay in Egan. You can do a little little work on on the side for for for. Burnsville Heating and Air. Be, be a great, be a great like be a great Dakota, Dakota, Dozier, Dakota Dozier should call today. Uh, TTH1H, if Joe Flacco and Nick Foles could win a Super Bowl, no damn reason Kirk Cousins can't win one. But football is a team game. The offensive line and defensive line need to be top 10 units. And from an underrated and less talked about standpoint, the special teams also needs to be a top 15 unit. So if you, if you have those things, um, like Joe Flacco did with the Ravens, I, I, if I recall right, they had a really good defense. Um, Nick Foles, 
with the Eagles, then there's no reason why Kirk Cousins can't also win a Super Bowl. But it's the things around him that have been broken, Judd. How much can you afford to fix the things around him, especially his offensive line, when he's being paid as much as he is? And has he restructured his contract enough to cut his salary? Which, you know, it's not That's the thing. Which is not, which, by the way, he can say no. I'm not, I'm defending him. He has every right in a league that abuses its players financially a lot of times. Kirk Cousins has every right to say no. But that's the thing about when you look at the offensive line. Does he say, you know what? I'll, I'll shove some money into Thursday. So on Monday, I, I can have a, a good guard. Now, he did restructure in, last year but he basically and again wisely made sure he was well compensated so yeah i mean it is a team game but it also comes down to hey pat mahomes can we play with your contract a little bit sure you can hey tom brady can we play with your contract a little bit yes you can that's what this comes down to yeah i mean like the pat mahomes thing it's easier obviously to restructure when you've got a guy under contract for 10 years and you can take those chips and move in different years so they've made a they've made a long-term commitment and you know, I'm sure the Vikings are wondering. You know, I, I doubt the conversation went like this. Kirk, we want to commit until you're 40. Let's make it happen, and it'll give us flexibility to move some money around. The Vikings are probably sitting there thinking, oh, they just drafted Kellen Mond, for God's sakes. Like, no. They're probably wanting to see what happens in 2021 as But before well. they did that, Phil, they did go to him, it sounds like, and ask him about restructuring for the 2021 season, and he said no. Yeah. So, I mean, that does play a role here. Do you think? Do you think that conversation included the Vikings offering to give him some guaranteed money for 2022? Or do you think they just flat asked him to take a pay cut? No, I think they probably, no, no, no. I, I bet they, they asked, I bet they asked about restructuring again, but not a pay cut. But I think part of the probably conversation in fairness was this too. Let's restructure into 2022 and like possibly push some of the cash to 2023 because your, I believe it is a, $45 million salary cap hit is undoable for 22. And he said, I'm good. Yeah. So th- that's going to, I mean, there is no question that for 2022, this is going to create issues because you, I don't think can have that cap hit. Uh, here's an, I, and I just want to say, before I read a couple more comments here for you guys, we love this sparring and disagreement. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, Judd and I have had a million arguments in seven and a half years doing shows together on the radio and podcasts and YouTube. And so like, it's more fun when we argue, but when we're in line on something like we are with Kirk in uh, fourth quarter comeback situations, it helps when you guys offer some dissenting opinions and we love bringing those to the show. And so even though we're sort of sparring right now with some of you guys in the comment section, we love it. We appreciate it. And, uh, and keep the discussion coming. Absolutely. Keep checking us too. If, and when we're wrong, uh, because it's good interaction. It's fun. So uh, Dale says, Mackie needs, oh my God, Mackie needs a 12-step program for Kirk Cousins' discredit addiction. You actually spent three hours of your life digging up stats to make Kirk look bad to the fan base? You need help, dude. Um, it's not... <laughs> yeah. Listen, if there is a 12-step uh, program for Kirk Cousins' discredit addiction, I'll take the brochure if you want to send it to me. <laughs> you can uh, just DM it to me on Instagram or Twitter and I'll take a look. But it's not about it's not about digging up stats to make Kirk look bad. It's about truth, and it's about getting to the root of why this team hasn't been closer to winning a Super Bowl over this seven or eight year stretch with Cousins with Mike Zimmer. We talk a lot about Mike Zimmer on this show. You know, we you know I'll reiterate the mission statement. We say it all the time. 
Purple Daily. We want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. And as part of that, and you know, sometimes you know the way we go about conversations might not be for everybody. There's plenty of places in the Twin Cities where you can just find a full-on, 100% positive Pollyanna view. But when we see things that are preventing the Vikings from being a great team and competing with the best teams in the NFL, we're going to shine a light on those things. Now, we're, do, we're not doing it to be haters. We're not doing it because we were secretly planted here as Chicago Bears fans. Like We're doing it because we want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. We set a high bar for this team. And so if the quarterback is terrible in fourth-quarter comeback situations, if the offensive line is terrible, if Rick Spielman can't find offensive like we're going to call this stuff out. Um, now, if you want to say that we're disproportionately talking about one problem and not others, okay, maybe. But the quarterback is a huge, is huge, huge cog. So, um, well, but by the way, I'll, I'll still take that brochure from you, Dale. Uh, <laughs> happy to take a look at it. And keep in mind, too, that after 2017, this team signed Kirk Cousins to win a Super Bowl, and they have missed the playoffs two of the last three years. So, like, we're not talking about, uh, man, they got to the – NFC Championship game, and how can they get o- over that hump? We're talking about uh, one playoff win in three years. And, yes, there's a lot of problems there. It's not just Kirk. But that's disappointing. Like, this was supposed to be the final chip for a Super Bowl title, not a hope we can get to the playoffs thought. Uh, Brian says, Brian Jones, Cousins had a couple bad games last year, but overall he had a tremendous season. He had amazing fourth quarter stats last year. He kept bringing them back in the fourth quarter game after game. The defense kept giving away the leads. I can't wait to see all you terrible fans eat crow very soon. What separates Cousins from all the quarterbacks that you seem to adore is the teams he has played for. When you're in a desperate passing situation and you have no protection, your passer rating will always suck. I love it. He's exactly right. Win the Super Bowl this year. This is the point. As Anthony Barr said, this feels like a Super Bowl team. There is no reason why that, you know what? Kirk Cousins can shut us all up. Every one of us, this defense should be good. The offensive line ain't going to be perfect, but guess what? Last time I checked, there's very few offensive lines that are perfect. It should be improved. Dakota Dozier should not start, right? The skill position players, you got Thielen, you got Jefferson, you got Cook, you got Irv Smith. You've got skill position players. The per the the guy that sent you that note is a thousand percent right. Shut us up, and that's a team thing. But you have the ability now. Kirk Cousins is, is going. He is on top chef with all of the ingredients. He <laughs> oh, is I love on. That this is not a quick fire challenge. This <laughs> is a this is a full list of gourmet ingredients that Cousins I think is working with because offensive line wise, to be clear, nobody has Pro Bowlers across the board. So, like, we could always say it's not perfect, but I think what they've done is probably going to get you to a point where it's it's serviceable. It might not be perfect, but it's serviceable. So you are going into the kitchen now with a full list of ingredients on which you can now make the souffle. Do it. Shut us up. I, yeah, I'll i be the happiest guy. I'd love a Super Bowl run. Haven't seen one yes. that I recall really I, well. I, I will, well, number one, I love the expression eating crow. Eating crow is a, is a great is a, just a great slam. Do people eat crow? I don't know. Like, can you eat? Can you actually? I don't trust things crow? that fly. So I I don't I don't want to do anything that has to do with eating. And I don't know where a crow's been. They're they're like do the, chickens the, fly. I don't know. You grew up on the turkeys hobby farm. Do they fly? I don't know. Turkeys don't. They're fly. they're, they're pretty grounded. Okay. 
think they, yeah, they're yeah no, I bought a Super Bowl. I, I will gladly, gladly. We will come on this show, be be the first ones to admit, ha, 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 you guys were wrong about Kirk. Great, we have a Super Bowl. I'm getting drunk on, on Hennepin Avenue now. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I will do a <laughs> couple seltzers in. Be careful if you in. do that. I will be a couple seltzers in with Kirk Cousins on Hennepin Avenue when the parade starts. Okay, I'm ready for it. Nice. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I would add to this is um, – you know what separates cousins from the quarterbacks that you seem to ad- seem to adore like like it's a crime to adore great quarterbacks the, actually here's here's my one issue with this it's like we and there were some comments about this too like why do you guys keep comparing Kirk Cousins to the best quarterbacks in the NFL no one's arguing that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL but he's paid like one in a salary cap league that's where the comparison comes in yeah. if if he's if he's the third highest quarterback in the NFL in terms of Caps uh, cap hit and second next year. Yeah. Then, like this is all about football strategy and roster building strategy, right? Everyone gets a finite amount of money to spend on a team, and you have to maximize the amount of value you're getting out of that roster. You know, in part based on how much you're paying certain players. And so, if he's making the same amount of money as Russell Wilson, but he's not as good as Russell Wilson, it makes it harder for the Vikings compared to the Seahawks to build out a roster, right? Like that's. That's where the comparison comes in. Um, let's see here. Good quarterbacks. This is from A. Jonesy. Good quarterbacks win the tough games. They beat good teams. They win in the clutch. They manage the clock. Kirk is not that. Sorry, the truth can be painful. Um, Colonadas or Colanda says, I had Cousins as a fantasy quarterback, and it didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I don't I know, maybe the rest of your roster wasn't good. Maybe that's. I right. would think he would be good. Uh, the par- par- part of the reason why he's not is because fantasy, you get six points for a rushing touchdown in oh, okay. fantasy football, yeah, and you get three for a passing. And so, like Lamar yeah. Jackson, Mahomes will run okay, a few so in. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get enough uh, rushing touchdowns, and he just, he really hasn't racked up. Uh, believe it or not, he hasn't racked up a ton of yards. Like in in Washington, he was throwing like four forty five hundred up yard seasons. I think he only, I think there's only one four thousand yard season in his three years here at the Vikings. I know he had an under four thousand one in twenty nineteen. So he's not racking up as many yards either. So the touchdowns are definitely there. The turnover rate's probably, you know, league average. I don't think it's that bad. But yeah, I don't think he's racking up as many yards as he used to in Washington, which is fine. Here's a couple more here, by the way. This next one from Stoneweight is presented by our friends at Brainerd International Raceway. So I, it would be kind of fun to do an athlete challenge where we get like uh, Declan versus Judd in a drag race or something at Brainerd International Raceway. The judges, judges can't find the break. Yeah, Joy, <laughs> our blows up. So uh, this weekend, July 16th through the 18th, the second annual Jed Kappa Memorial Race. It's a full weekend of live racing with the Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli. Uh, the Trans Am Series has been a 50-year tradition at BIR, and it's a blast at Brainerd International Raceway. Tickets and camping packages available now at BIRMN.com. If you want to go enjoy a fun weekend of racing, camping, I'm sure you can enjoy a couple of adult beverages. B-I-R-M-N dot com here. Uh, Stoneweight 2018 said Cousins playing poorly when his teams are playing from behind in the fourth quarter wouldn't have anything to do with him being saddled with horrible head coaches like Gruden and Zimmer that get massively outcoached by average coaches, horrible offensive lines, etc. I will say, I can't speak to the Gruden side of it, um, cause like we didn't follow and cover him on a regular basis. And that organization in Washington is such a disaster. It's so hard to evaluate, I think, but this is a fair point about like Zimmer is one of the rare head coaches in the NFL that doesn't have that, 
great in-game relationship with the quarterback. It kind of feels like he's always focused on defense. And there are moments in these games where Sean Payton is going to go talk to Drew Brees, even for 30 seconds, about something really important in the third or fourth quarter. And I don't know that Mike Zimmer offers that level of guidance. Like, he's not going to come down and say, hey, uh, somebody else worry about the play calling and the defense for a second. I've got a thought I need to talk to Kirk about so that we can win the game on this final drive. Like, he just, he he seems so hands-off. And I think Kirk would benefit from a more hands-on offensive coach in some of those situations to help him talk through some of this stuff. This is why Kirk in, in San Francisco with shit Shanahan would have been absolutely perfect because we would have found out the answer to that question right I mean Shanahan obviously loves Kirk which is great and he's an offensive guy and I think he's a pretty damn good offensive coach and so it would have been really interesting to see the dynamic there if Kirk could have played for a guy like that I will say this though in defense of Zimmer uh while I don't agree with his fundamental philosophy towards offense keep in mind part of the reason why Filippo got blown out in season was because he was not running an offense that was considered conducive enough to what Kirk did well. And they have tried very hard to do a lot of things for Kirk. So it's not like this is some weird anti-Kirk offensive scheme either. So I don't think it's fair to dump it all in Zim's lap. I would like to see some differences in play calling yeah. for sure. Uh, but this is why getting Kirk to a place where he could have played for like a McVay or a Shanahan would have been intriguing to see because that question will remain unanswered until if that happens. Well, the single biggest reason why Kirk doesn't perform well really at all in these late game comeback situations, there's, well, there's two reasons that merge into one offensive line play is not that great. The Vikings have not had great pass protection and you can't run play action, at least not with credibility. Like the defense knows you're passing. So you can you can run right. play action if you want to, but like right. it's all it's going to do is make it worse for you when you turn around. So if they can find some sort of way, because you're, you're not going to get sacked nearly as often on play action, like it's 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 an easy way to suck defenders in. It just gives you more open looks. There's a reason why his passer rating is like 25 or 30 points higher career wise play action versus not. They need to find a way to put him in the best possible spot without play action to put the offensive line in the best possible spot in those situations. Like the offensive line has to be better in those situations because you don't get the benefit of the defense pausing for a second. Yeah, that's true. But you know, the the one thing is if, if the statistics that you had dug up for yesterday's show had solely been based on, let's say like a two year sample size or, or 2020, I'd be like, okay, the offensive line did stink and we might be able to justify this. But you dug up a very large sample size of of late fourth quarter in which Kirk has struggled, and it's I'd like be hard- four hundred passes. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'd be hard pressed to say. Well, on three hundred ninety nine of those, the offensive line stunk. We don't know that. That's probably not even true. So at some point in time, there there probably is a fair line to draw between how many excuses can you just continue to make, and what's the reality of pressure situations. And look, look. There are big sample sizes of Kirk in pressure situations that he's not good. I mean, I understand today's fan hates wins and losses for pitchers in baseball and quarterbacks in football, and I get why, okay? But when you have the rather large, large array of data that we do of Kirk in primetime games, which is not pretty, you can't just write it off and be like, well, you don't understand. It's somebody else's fault. I mean, Kirk, when the pressure is on, 
far too often hasn't succeeded, which is why this year is so great because the pressure is going to be on from day one. So everyone go out there and succeed. Yeah. So, yeah, all of these, like, like on paper, the Vikings roster around Cousins looks like it's going to be better this year than really at any point since probably 2018. The roster was still pretty damn good in 2018 great. when they just melted down and missed the playoffs. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, we appreciate. Listen. Oh, hold on a second. I got an answer to your question. I Googled it. Crows are edible. You can eat them and they won't make you sick. They taste similar to, wait for it, goose duck or other dark meat bird. Okay. If they are prepared, prepared well, they will taste good. So if we sent Kirk into the kitchen with a crow, he could prepare it for us to eat. So we could literally eat crow if yes. Kirk Cousins turns fact, all of this should. fourth quarter. I think we should. Behind. I think we should order if, if it indeed happens on this show in what? Come February, we will eat crow. Gladly. I mean, not gladly, but like willingly. Declan's not going to like it. Fairly willingly. Declan, you're going to have to ride a horse, brush a horse while eating crow. Yep. <sighs> Super Bowl, you're going to have to eat crow. It's, you have to. It is. Dude, they haven't been to Super Bowl since 1970. Yeah, yeah, not funny. I saw saw one on my walk on North Loop this weekend. I turned right around. I said, nope, not dealing with this. And I turned what right around. What is your problem? Like, like a police horse? No, like one of those horse carriages and buggies that like do for like a little oh, yeah. romantic date night. Are they and still doing I, that? I want to yeah, go. Right, right. I want to be the old man Simpson. Go to my ward meeting in the North Loop saying, can we outlaw this? Can these get off the roads? Can we? Can It's causing me distress. I don't want it. Get out. I think the poop just stays on the road. It just sort of it just becomes one with the pavement God. after a few days. It's disgusting. I no, it's it's good for the environment. Yeah, it's okay. good for the good. It's good fertilizer. So poop sitting on pavement is good for the environment. Yeah. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Anyway, Crow, uh, if the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl, I think we all eat Crow on a show. I've got Tuesday trivia for you guys if you've... If you've oh, I'm sorry. If you're yeah. feeling frisky here. So uh, actually, Dex, you, you, got that, you got that who wants to be a millionaire sound now. Maybe we should fire that up here. Right. So um, Tuesday trivia presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated, been helping business owners in and around the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. They're one of us. Um, a lot of Minnesota sports fans there, masochistic, just like us. But you can find a full list of industries Federated protects, and you can find out more about the resources that they provide, the peace of mind that they provide business owners at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So yesterday, Pro Football Reference... They uh, did the work that the NFL has been unwilling to do for decades. The NFL has only tracked sacks going back to 1982. So all of, like, the purple people eaters, the steel curtain defenses in Pittsburgh, like, all of the sacks you saw in all those NFL highlight videos from the 70s, quarterbacks getting clubbed upside the head and, you know, ass overhead, none of those counted as sacks until yesterday. When Pro Football Reference filled in all of the pre-1982 sack data, the Vikings have now, among the top 25 all-time sackers, the Vikings have six of the 25. Chris Dolman, Alan Page, 
John Randall, mm-hmm. Jared Allen, Carl Eller, and Jim Marshall. Now, Al Baker's on this list. He did play for the Vikings in 1988 in, like, his 11th year in the league. Mm-hmm. But he didn't tally, like, most of his sacks with the Vikings. So we're going to give the Vikings 6 out of 25. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the next six Vikings all-time sack leaders from okay. you guys. You can so work as a team. Go back through the six again. Page. Okay. Carl Eller, Eller. Jim Marshall. John Randall. Alan Page. Chris Dolman. And Jared Allen. And I'm looking for the next six. Oh. Now, this is just Vikings sacks. Right. All right. The, the first six I gave you are both Viking sacks and all-time sacks. Right. The next six I'm looking for who are the who are who is seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth in Vikings history in terms of sacking the quarterback. Oh boy. This is a this three is... wrong guesses between the two of you or I win. Okay, so it's next six. That seems like a lot. Um all right, Declan, let's this go. This is also the third consecutive week you guys have complained about the number of answers in my Well, it's play. a six is a lot. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and lie to All my, right. my well, buddy Bill Mackey. Just talking out loud. Complain. Just talking out loud. Yeah, just friends, Dex. We're yep. just friends right now. I think the three that right away came to mind to me are Kevin Williams, okay. Everson Griffin, and Daniil Hunter. I think Daniil in enough time as, as definitely is in, in the top 12. Okay. Um, what names am I forgetting I, here? I would say there's a very good chance that Keith Millard is okay. in this group. Uh, former Viking before Johnny Randall. So Eller, Page, Dolman, Marshall, Randall. I don't think Chris Hovan racked up enough. He had like one or two. No, I would agree with you on that. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of rush rush ends who we might did, be forgetting. Did, did Ray Edwards do enough? Uh, oh, you know what? How about Brian Robinson? He was yeah, here for yep, a long yep, yep. time. That's a good one. I trust him more than I do one. Ray Edwards, okay, but he's in the same Let's band. start throwing out names. Yeah, Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin Williams. Go ahead. Kevin Williams is correct. Everson Griffin, who Declan said. That's got to be right. Everson is correct. Daniil Hunter. Okay. Three for three to start. Brian nice Robinson. Wow, look at you guys. Four, four for four to start. Should we throw out Millard? Two left. Two yeah. left, three Keith wrong Mo- guesses. Keith Millard. Okay. All right, so we need All right, you two, two more. wrong guesses. Two remaining. more. We got two wrong guesses remaining for two more. I will say Keith Millard is thirteenth. He's oh. just on the edge of this list. <laughs> oh, you suck! Um, all right, hold on a second. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to give you any hints yet either. If I if I do, it'll be after you uh, whiff one more time. Now. I don't think he was here long enough to accumulate enough sacks, Dex. Mm-hmm. But do you remember Lance Johnstone was the pass rush specialist for a few years? But I don't think it was long <sighs> enough to be on this list. Yeah. Um, Erasmus James was complete bust. Kanetcha Udeza didn't yeah. play long enough. I'm going to buzz you just for mentioning Erasmus James in this discussion. You are not listening you right have, now. You know I have you, one incorrect guess no, left. No, no, bleep that. We were talking <laughs> among friends. We're not involving you. We have two wrong guesses left. P- Pat um, P- Pat didn't do enough to get after the quarterback, right, Pat Williams? No, he, he was a nose tackle. Yeah. He had some sacks, but he wouldn't have made this list. I'm trying to think of uh, guys that rushed the passer. See, the Vikings went a long time after, like, Dolman and stuff with, with some really average defensive ends. Oh, you know what? 
Dex, because he played here for a long time. He played interior, but I think he had a bunch of sacks. You think Al Noga's on this list? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Al Noga was one of my favorite Tecmo Super Bowl players back in the day. I think he was so the. I think he was. Who was Jed, who was so like who was opposite of John Randall? Was it uh, Henry Henry Thomas for quite a while? Do you think he did enough? <sighs> Hold on. Um, yeah, you know what? That's very possible. Okay, we'll we'll throw it out there. Hank Thomas. Wow, dude, Declan going old school. Declan going before he was born for Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas very well, prominent on Twitter. He asked me who was opposite John Randall, and I said Henry <laughs> Thomas. I gave him the assist. No, you did a good job. No, no, who was no, the no, other? Fine. When John Randall was getting triple teamed, who would have benefited? Yeah. All right, Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, Football. I believe now like sports talk. I'm like Jerome Radio Simpson, like bragging that. about my first down. Like I'm just uh, I'm okay. Like, oh, we this have, is great. We All have right, dude. Two wrong guesses left for so, one spot. The the you know the other Ray Edwards was a gray area. Yep. I'm going to write him down. Is there anyone... I mean, most of those guys that we nailed, the Dolman, the Page, the Ellers, the Marshall, that's like the one... I mean, is there someone else that, that we're just forgetting? Um, Eller, Page, Marshall, that were of the Purple People Eaters, they, they were the big three. Gary Larson was the other one. But, I mean, that predates me, and I don't know how much he actually got to the quarterback considering those three got to the quarterback so much. Um, okay, can we can we get a, t- a time period hint here? What hint can I or give you? Or some type of hint, yeah. I'll give you a hint that he, he is classified as an end, not a tackle. Okay. Okay, so Al Nogo would be out. It might be Ed, it, it might be Ed Rich. If you want to guess that, that gives us one wrong to play with. All right, Ray Dex. Edwards. Ray Edwards. Ray Edwards is 17th on this list, ah. so he's not not too far away. Okay, we have one wrong guess left. This guy had twice as many sacks as a Viking as Ray Edwards did. Okay, the era. I mean, and he's eight. He's eighth all time. Eighth all. Okay, so it goes there. Carl Eller, Jim Marshall, John Randall, Alan Page, Chris Dolman, Jared Allen, Everson Griffin is seventh. Yeah, this guy is eighth. Brian Robison, Kevin Williams, Henry Thomas, Daniil Hunter, Keith Millard round out the top 13. Those okay, are all so names had, that you've said. It, it had to be somebody who had some peri- uh, longevity yeah. as well, then. It can't just be a... When was Ma- um, when was Millard here? When was he playing for the Vikings? Late 80s, early 90s. Okay. I mean, not or, actually, he, he only played like six years with the Vikings, but was just, he, just terrorized. He was dominant. He tore up his knee against Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, I'm just I trying think to that think of... Much, I feel like the 2000s... To now yep. we have covered, like, you know, Pat, yeah, the, the Williams Wall, Jared Allen, Ray Edwards, Brian Robinson, yeah, Neil, like, yeah. I, I feel like I, I'm going to give you 60 seconds on the clock here now that we've gotten down to the final guess. Okay. I so mean, we're talking about the, we might is, be talking about the 90s. The fact it's the seven, like if it was the 11th or 12th, I could say like maybe it's someone like a, you know, like a linebacker or a cornerback who right. just like got after a ton. But if it's seven, I'll give you one more hint here with 40 seconds left. All right. Okay. This name has not at all been mentioned. Okay. It's got to be somebody from the 80s or 90s. If it's someone from the 2000s, I'm going to jump out the window. You won't hurt yourself. Oh, I'd hurt myself. 
Your fall wouldn't be far uh, enough. No, you wouldn't land on asphalt. 20 uh, seconds left. All right, give give us an era. Not the 2000s. Okay, so it is the 90s probably. I, I have no idea. Five seconds. Past my, past my era. And we haven't mentioned him? Mm-mm. Nah, I don't know. Doug Martin. Oh, yeah, that's way before Declan's time. So that's Doug... Just, I, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Doug Martin... I forgot he had that Sneaky, many great career. He played from 1980 through 1989 yeah. exclusively with the Minnesota Vikings. He was a first-round pick, ninth overall in the 1980 out. draft out of Washington University. Yep. And uh, he led the NFL in sacks in 1982 in the strike-shortened season with 11 and a half. Had 13 sacks in 1983. In the, I think that no, 84 was the last Deckel year. Um, he had 61 and a half career sacks as a yeah. Viking, eighth most in purple. Uh, you know what? I remember him well, uh, and I think he held out like once or twice, but I, I wouldn't have gotten that one. No. So there it is. Tuesday trivia. Chalk one up for we got five or six. the young gun here. Uh, you did pretty well. You did pretty well. We have five or six. Don't sell us short. Ne- next week, can we get a trivia question with three or less names to give you? <laughs> well, it's fun. It's fun for you guys to pick these off. Stop complaining, okay? Maybe just do better. Maybe I just do a re- lot of re- complaining. You know why? We lean on you to recall the '80s here, and if, yeah. you, if you were too drunk I, in the I '80s did my to recall part. anything, I did my part. Okay? The early '80s, I wouldn't have gotten Doug Martin. I should have gotten it. I did. I had to throw get Ray it. Edwards for God's sakes. I, I, uh, I, I, I El Noga. Wrong. El Noga was 18th on this list. Gary Larson was 17th. Lance Johnstone 15th on this list. See, I told you, Lance Johnstone situational. Yeah. Rusher when they really couldn't find guys. Chris Hovan only had 17 sacks yeah. as a Viking. I think there was like one years. year. Well, he, he, was good. he was a tackle as well. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys don't automatically have a ton of sacks. Yeah. So, all, right. all right. That's a wrap on today's episode of Purple episode. Daily. Yeah, we gave you 45 minutes just right in right. your veins of Vikings right. Entertainment. Bye, everybody. Write that down, predictions tomorrow. Please click subscribe on our YouTube channel and uh, keep the keep the discussion going, even if, even if you hate us. We, we appreciate it. We'll see you guys later.